Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Well, welcome those of you who are online watching this morning from wherever you may be. We're glad you joined us. Um, if you all want, if you're watching and you're saying, man, I just would love to be out somewhere where the, uh, uh, there's a group of people worshiping, let me invite you, 11 o'clock in the upper parking lot, 1001 South 1st Street. We will be having a drive-in, stay-in-your-car um, worship service. It'll be a great time. We've had such great times with that so far. Um, and we've been blessed with the weather every time we've done it. And we've been blessed once again today. Listen, if you're watching online, there's ways that you can give. Um, we appreciate Let me say this to you. I so much appreciate the faithful giving of God's people through this time. It's been an incredible era to watch about the one thing that I have always said and has proven true now is givers always find ways to give and tithers always find ways to tithe. So whether it's electronic, whether they drop checks off, mail checks in, uh, it's been amazing to watch. God has been faithful because his people have been incredibly faithful and I'm sure there are ways right now uh, as you're watching, there are electronic ways to give. We appreciate it. God bless you. And uh, let's jump into the word for a moment. Uh, you know, I found myself this week, and I'm pretty much the type of person that can kind of, I can kind of roll with the punches. If this happens, I'm okay. Let's, all right, let's go to this. Let's go to that. And I'm okay with it. I don't get real shook. But I found myself getting a little irritated this week. Now, you have to understand, I'm, I'm kind of a, an extrovert. I like people. I like to be around people, and I like to be out, and I like to do my thing. And my wings have been clipped a little bit. And, and I found myself getting a little bit frustrated by it. Um, there's so many things I want to do that I can't do. Um, I want, there's things I want. For example, I want businesses open so my friends who own businesses can get on with their business and, and, and they can get on with uh, doing what they do for their livelihood and, and the service they provide. And, and I want that for them. And as a shepherd, <laughs> I want to gather with my people. I want to be here together in this building and sing and pray and worship and enjoy each other. Man, shepherds are gatherers. And when we're not gathering, it's like, oh, man, okay, I'm twitching. Like, I can't wait. I'm telling you seriously, I can't wait to the day that we're together again in the building. And again, I, I, hear often, I hear all this phrase all the time. The church has left the building. Oh, stop it. The church left the building in this church a long time ago. And the church leaves the building every Sunday. The church gathers in a building. We love each other, pray for each other, have fellowship together. We've been ministering in this city. Stop it. The church gathers because the church is a people. And we're coming to the house and we're gathering together and we're having a great time. I can't wait for that again. Um, as, a, as a grandfather... I want to take my grandkids to the playground that they can actually play on the playground equipment. I want to take them to movies. I want to take them to restaurants. I want to do our thing. Now, trust me, we've been doing our thing. We left at 10 o'clock yesterday morning and got back at 4. All right? And it was all essential. We had cookies. We had cookies to deliver. All right? Um, as, as an individual, I, I want to go golfing, man. I want to go golfing, and I want to go sit in a restaurant. I love to sit in restaurants. Uh, I want my wife to stop losing money in her 401. There's all these things I want, right? And, and um, many of you, like me, you've got a sense of irritation, frustration. You're discontent. Uh, others are discontent. Um, that discontent gets demonstrated. Facebook, Twitter. Um, we got protests now, all right, beginning to happen. And I began to think about this, you know, and, the, this, and, I, and so I had to preach to myself this week. Sometimes the pastor has to preach to himself before he can preach to the people. And I began to think about it. The, the contents of my life have changed dramatically. The content of your lives has changed dramatically. Therefore, we are not content. 
When the contents change, how many know, sometimes we find ourselves unable to be content. And to be sure, our lives have changed. We aren't content with the contents of our lives right now. Now, let me say this. There are some, I get it, that the whole stay-at-home thing for you introverts has been like, heaven on earth. All right? Other than going to work, Penny hasn't noticed much difference. (laughs) Me, on the other hand, I'm twitching at night, all right? We, We aren't content with the contents of our lives right now. We want what we want. We want to go where we want. We want it when we want it and how we want it. And how many know we're used to that? We want our pleasures back. We want our needs met. And and let's be honest for a moment. As we navigate through this time, we would be a lot more content if we trusted the content of our leaders. Right? Let's think about some of the source of our frustration. You, You see, if everything we were doing, I knew for a fact, without beyond a shadow of a doubt, was coming from pure motives, lack of political motivation, if I knew all of that was absolutely pure, I'd have no discontent at all. None at all. But we don't know. That's the thing, right? We don't trust political motivations. We do know we're an election year. We don't trust hidden agendas that we perhaps can't see or even the ones we make up. We believe them to lack content, therefore we're not content. And that really, so I, I begin to think, okay, Lord, how, how, do I, how do I deal with this? Because, you know, I, I can only deal with what I know to be true. And so I want to be content in this era. That does not mean I agree with everything, all right? Uh, so I've been to a scripture that Paul wrote about, and let me read it to you, and I have some on the screen a little bit. But first, Paul said in Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, no matter what, no matter when, no matter what's going on. It's kind of funny. If I, if I posted on Facebook every emotion I was going through throughout the day, which I don't, I would post, first of all, maybe something really spiritual. And then my next 10 posts would be something negative. <laughs> have, you, have you ever taken the time to look at your whole post, your whole feed, like, oh, I feel super spiritual right now. And then the next 10 posts are like, discontent, um, angry, or whatever. But Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And then... At the end of that portion of Scripture, I'm going to skip a little bit. He said, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have received, revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Now listen to this verse. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I'm in. Not that I speak from want. I know how to get along in humble means, and I know how to live in prosperity, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled. It's an amazing scripture. You see, I want to talk to you today, and the message today is called, His content is my content. His content is my content. And Paul said that now that I, not that I speak from want. Hmm. I want you to think about this. In our life, here's what we do a lot. We speak from want. We speak from unmet wants or unmet needs. That word want means to want something, a falling short. It means poverty. 
to be needy or destitute, to feel a need, to have a necessity that's not met, a desire to come or go. You see, what happens in our life is Paul said, I'm not speaking from want, because I've learned to be content in whatever I got. But if we're honest for a moment this morning, sometimes we spend a lot of time speaking from want and not contentment. Right now, I do a lot of speaking from what? I want to go, okay? And I got to tell you, the things I want are so trivial. I want to go golfing. <laughs> got to understand, for some people, that's good. I need to go golfing. That's therapy, all right? It keeps me saying, I want to go golfing. I want this. I want that. The things are so trivial, but my mouth is speaking from this unmet want of my life. You see, all right, listen to me. So I want to talk to you for a moment. The, the title of the message is, His Content is My Content. Paul said, I'm not speaking out of one. The unmet, the unmet necessities of our life cause us to speak sometimes. The unmet feelings cause a feeling, and then we speak. How many of you have ever had in your relationship with your wife or your husband that something has gone unmet, and it filled your mouth with what came out of your mouth, right? The unfulfilled can become that which fills our mouth, all right? Right now, all across Facebook land, all across Twitter land, we've got people posting and tweeting, and it's all coming from something that is lacking. I want this. I want that. I want to go where I want to go. I want to go when I want to go. I don't want to wear a stupid mask. <laughs> okay? Like, <laughs> and I don't want to do this, and I don't want to do that. And we're speaking. Because the unfulfilled want can be the very thing that fills our mouth. That we're just as constantly what's being. It's amazing. Even in counseling sometimes, when you sit down and you listen to people, what you're hearing is the unmet desires and the unmet wants in their life that is coming out of their mouth, all right? An unmet want causes us to speak negatively. An unmet want causes us to speak negatively against those who aren't meeting our wants. It could be spouse, kids, government. An unmet want will cause us to speak negatively against leaders who we deem are keeping us from what we want. Here we go. We're going to try it again. Let's see. Wow, look at that. Look at that. It's working. We got power. The unfulfilled want can be the very thing that fills our mouth. Being content in all situations keeps us from speaking from want. All right? Now, listen. Just because you are content does not mean you agree. There's lots of things I can find contentment in in my spirit, but I don't necessarily agree with everything that's going on around me. All right? An unmet want um, becomes the fuel for the heart and then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A wanting heart creates a mouth that speaks want, right? Uh, I want justice, and I don't feel we're getting justice. Therefore, I speak out against injustice. I want to go to work. Therefore, I speak out against those keeping me from it. I want to go to church like normal. So I speak against the government who's keeping me from doing it. I, 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 selfishly, I want to go golfing. I want to do this. All right, speaking from want is, comes out as frustration. Speaking from want uh, uh, comes out as anger and bitterness and criticism and skepticism and cynicism. How I many know we don't need any more cynicism in the world? We don't need any more cynicism from believers. Understanding, again, understanding we know there are things, we know what error we're in. And yet, Paul says, let your gentleness be known to all men. Speaking from want comes out in hate. I, I, mean, I, I got to tell you, some of the words of hatred coming out of Christians, that's just, a, that's just an oxymoron. That, that's, that's like fresh water and 
um, bad water coming out of the same fountain. All right, we can't speak hate in this era. As, we, as Americans, we're used to getting what we want, when we want it, and how we want it. And when we don't, we're going to let you know it's our God-given right to have it. Amen? And, and, okay? And so I want you to do this for a moment. I want you to think for, for a moment. I want, fill in the blank, I want, therefore I speak. What would that blank be? What would you fill in? Paul, so, so Paul said that he learned how to be content. He said, I'm not speaking out of want because I've learned to be content. It's something he learned. It's something he came about. How many know we don't do it naturally? He, he says, I'm not speaking out of the unmet because I'm in content in no matter what. I'm not speaking out of the unfulfilled because I am content no matter the circumstance. I'm not going to allow my heart to fill my mouth with discontent because I have learned what it is to be content. How did he learn this? And where did he learn it? And so I began to look at his scriptures. And I want to take you to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And many Christians will recognize this. Paul was lamenting before the Lord. And he's lamenting and he's right. He says, because of the surpassing greatness of revelations for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. To keep me from exalting, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, to, from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it would leave me. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I rather boast about my weaknesses so the power of Christ may dwell in me. And I have this next verse on the screen and on your uh, computer. Therefore, I am well content. Man, do you see these words? Therefore... I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I read this scripture, I'm like, oh my goodness. I, how many times I have read about Paul's thorn in the flesh, and about the three times he prayed that God would take it from him, and the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you, for then my power is made perfect in your weakness, but you know how many times I've not really focused on verse 10? Where Paul said, and therefore, because of that, I'm well content. He it says, I'm very well content with weakness, insults, distresses, persecutions, difficulties. I thought about some of these words, and just stick with me for just a moment. To, me, to be content means that it is to one's good pleasure. To my good pleasure, he's saying, to my good pleasure, I am well content. To choose, it means to be well pleased with, to take pleasure in. When I am wanting of strength, weakness. When I am wrongfully injured from somebody else, insults. When I am in necessity, imposed upon me by circumstances. How many know right now, COVID-19 has imposed upon us circumstances that we don't like. And situations that we don't like. And yet, we're not very well content. Persecutions, we know what that is. Difficulties, which means calamity or an extremeness. And if I could choose and rephrase that verse according to these meanings, I would probably say it like this. Therefore, I choose to willingly determine to take pleasure in and be favorably inclined even when I am wanting of strength, insulted by others, 
imposed upon by my circumstances, persecuted, and then I'm in a fair, a extreme affliction. Man. Paul says, I'm very well content in these things. I'm content in weakness. I'm content in insults. I'm content in persecution. I'm content in my circumstances. Let me tell you what. Paul's the man. Like, yeah, I'm just whining about going golfing. He's getting stoned, beaten, shipwrecked, <laughs> left for dead. All right? So how, and how does this happen in his life? Well, stick with me. Paul says four statements that I want to talk about. There's four statements that he talked about. First of all, the first two, he said, his grace is sufficient for me. The Lord said to him, his grace is sufficient. And then he said, his power is perfected in my weakness. And then in Philippians, he says, his peace guards my heart. And his peace guards my mind. Interesting. So Paul, in dealing with these different situations, whether 2 Corinthians 10 or Philippians 4, first thing he says is, his grace is sufficient for me, his power is made perfect in my weakness, and his peace guards my heart, and his peace guards my mind. Wow. It's all his things that help Paul through this time. Grace, power, and peace is part of his content. Jesus is grace. Jesus is power. Jesus is peace. God's grace, God's power, God's peace is his character. God's grace, God's power, God's peace is his attributes. It's his characteristics. It is what he is. And here's what I saw all of a sudden is that his content, the content of God, the content of Jesus, the content of the Holy Spirit, his content makes me content. I, I, I cannot become content on my own content. Because my content is lacking. My content is not the same that it always was. Therefore, I'm now discontent. But when his content becomes my contentment, now I can overcome the moment in front of me. It's amazing. His power is perfected. His content is grace. And his grace then enables me to be content. I don't want to be content, but there's something about his grace that comes over my life. There's something about his grace that comes over us and empowers us and gives us virtue and gives us stability and gives us something that enables us to be content in every given situation. His content is power, and it's his power that enables me to be content. You see, this fleshly guy, they don't want to be content in what's going on. This fleshly guy wants to churn and wants to, like, be restless. This, this earthly, this fleshly guy wants what he wants. Gets antsy when he can't get it. I mean, I mean, I just wanted to go out and get a Dunkin' Donut the other night. They closed at 6 o'clock. What is this world coming to? And then you should have heard me whining about that. Pretty trivial, isn't it? You really think about it. I just, I just wanted a coffee. I got, they closed at 6 I took the kids yesterday morning. I said, let's go get, a, let's go get some hot chocolate at Dunkin' Donut. We'll get a donut. We'll get a coffee. We'll go play. We'll go to the park and we'll go to the trails and we'll go deliver cookies to Grandma and we'll wear the mask and do the whole thing right. Goodness gracious, I got the Dunkin' Donut or backed out to the boulevard. Like, what's going on around here? But then I got, but let me tell you what happened. Normally it'd be like, okay, guys, we're going somewhere else. I got a line. Where else am I got to go? It's not like I got anywhere else I can go, right? His content is power, and it is his power that enables me to be content. His content empowers me 
to be content in every situation I face. Man, Paul, read about Paul. 30, uh, three times, 39 lashes, right? Uh, shipwrecked, hunger, famine, sleepless nights, in prison. They stoned him in one city, threw him out, he go back in and preach again. He said, I have found and I have learned to be content in every situation. But it's not Paul. It's his grace in Paul. It's his power in Paul. Because it's his content, his content in me that empowers me to be content in every situation I face. When I am discontent, it is because I'm not relying upon his content. When I am discontent, it's because I'm not relying on his content becoming my content. There's a lot of play on words today, but you stick with me. You see, I am content because of his content, not my content. Not mine. My life has changed. Contentment in any situation comes from the content of who Christ is and not the content of my life. I can be content even if I lose it all. You can be content even if you lose it all. I see people, and you know our story, but I see others who have painful, tragic deaths of children, and yet there's, a, there's never a happiness with that moment, but there's a contentment in their spirit. And the contentment in their spirit is not from the contents of their life. It's from the content of who he is. Here, this is my joy. You need it. It'll become your strength in this moment. Allow my contents to bring you contentment. And it makes no sense because you're just like, why am I happy? Because it's God. When his content becomes my content, I become content. When his joy becomes my joy, I become content. When his contents become my contents, what fills me, then I can find contentment in the situation. Even when the contents of my life have changed, I can still be content. Even when the contents of my life have changed, I can be content. Then Paul says another phrase in Philippians. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ through him who strengthens me. Hmm. I can do all things. I can endure this season. Matter of fact, I can thrive in this season. I can thrive in this season. I don't just have to endure it. I can thrive. I can overcome this season. You see, because here's what happens. As his content becomes my content, I overcome the contents of my life. As his contents, his power, his grace, his ability, his joy, as his contents become my contents, that which exists in me, when his substance becomes my substance, I can overcome the things in my life, the contents of my life. I'm an overcomer in Christ Jesus. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. What can separate me from the love of God? You see, you overcome because of who he is and who you become in him. You overcome because of who he is and who you become in him. Let me tell you something. If he is peace, you become peace. If he is joy, you become joy. If he is patience, come on, the fruit of the Spirit is him in you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. What are those? That's the content 
of Christ in you. That is the content of Christ in you, the substance of Christ in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now you become what he is and you overcome what faces you because of the content that's inside of you because it's his. You can overcome because of who he is. You can overcome because of who he is and who you become. When his content becomes my content, I become content and I can overcome the contents of my life. <laughs> can I say this to you? During COVID, the corona, there's also an enemy who wants to pour his contents into your life. That he wants to get you in a place of worry and anxiousness and anger and bitterness and resentment and cynicism and all these things. He's trying to pour out his contents into your contents because if he can pour out his contents into your contents, you're not going to be content and you can't overcome the situation and the situation will overcome you. When his content becomes my content, I become content and I can overcome the contents of my life. I'm an overcomer in Christ Jesus. And Paul talks about prayer, right? He says about prayer, he says, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known by all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. Watch what he says. But in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Mm. So, so here we are. We're facing all this stuff. We're facing everything we're facing. And this applies to a non-COVID era as well. This just happens to be the context of where we are. And now there's an anxiousness that wants to come over me. Paul said, don't do that. Rejoice. Don't be anxious. But by prayer, do this. Because here's what happens. The content of my prayer protects the contents of my heart and mind. My, my heart and my mind, my heart wants to be at unease. My heart wants to be critical. My heart wants to this. My mind is anxious. My mind is worrying. And Paul says, no, no, don't do that. Don't be anxious. Pray. Supplicate. With thanksgiving to God. And then his peace, his content, will come. And that content will protect the contents of your heart and mind. That when I pray and come to him, the content of my prayer is, I'm coming in thanksgiving. I'm coming in prayer. I'm coming and rejoicing. And I'm praying to you, God. This is the content of my prayer. And all of a sudden, it protects, he begins to protect the contents of my heart and mind. Now I don't think like I was thinking. Now I don't feel like I was feeling. Why? Because the contents of God is protecting my heart and mind. Left to the natural man, I have reason to worry. Left to the natural man, I have reason to be angry. Left to the natural man, I have reason to strive and be anxious. But when the natural man turns to spirit, the spiritual man Prayer, the spiritual man begins to pray, and as the spiritual man begins to pray, the Spirit of God then protects your heart and protects your mind. The content of my prayer protects the content of my mind. Therefore, it changes the content of my spirit. 
And a lot of play on words, I know, but you think it through. You'll get the content of my prayer protects the content of my mind, the substance of my mind and my heart, and then changes the content of my spirit. A restless spirit becomes a content spirit. A spirit at dis-ease becomes a spirit at ease. A spirit of unrest becomes restful. Uh, of discontent becomes content because it's the content of God that's washing over me. And then Paul said this in Philippians. He said, finally, brethren, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's good repute, if there's any excellence and anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Dwell on these things. Focus on these things. And the things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Huh. When I dwell on these things, the, I mean, you know, the true, the honorable, the right, the pure, the lovely, the good repute, the excellence, the things worthy of praise, how many know those are the things of God? And when I dwell on the things of God, it causes God to be with me. There are things that attract God to me. How many know the Bible says that he will embrace the humble? God is embraced to humility. He's attracted to humility. He is attracted to worship. He is attracted to praise. But he rejects the proud. He rejects the proud. And much of what comes out of our mouth right now is out of a spirit of arrogance and pride. And anger. And again, if you're lost, you say, but I, but I understand. I don't agree with it all either. That's not the subject of the matter. The subject of the matter is even when I disagree, I can be content. Even whenever I'm not sure of motives, I can still be content. Even when I think there might be political motivations behind certain things, I still can be content. No political party is going to steal my content that I have in Jesus. But dwelling on the things of God causes God to be attracted to us. And if the peace, if the God of peace is with you, you have everything to be content. If the God of peace is with you, the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil. For your wrath and your staff, they comfort me. No matter the error, no matter what it is, if the God of peace is with you, you have everything you need to be content. Everything. We're living in a day of discontent because of what we don't have and what's happening and what we don't know, and what we wished we did know, and all of that stuff. I get it. And yet, we can live in a day of content because of who we do have. I can, I, there's a lot of things right now, and if I can be honest, a lot of things I don't have, and a lot of things I want, are pretty trivial. Pretty trivial. But I can live in this day of content. I can live in a day of content because of who I have and who I do have. Being content does not mean we agree with all things. It means we are content despite all things. I, I don't agree with all things. But I can be content despite all things. God's content is the content upon which my content is found. It is not found upon the contents of my life. I can lose it all 
and still be content. You know, I'll tell you about a, get ready to close. Come on, Troy. Let me give you some hope. To, let me give some hope to the online world. Come on, Troy. Did you just see all those? I, I, if I was watching Facebook Live right now, I probably, there's probably like, like 150 hearts going up. There's 150 hearts going up right now because I said, come on, Troy. But let me tell you, let me, let me tell you about one of our neighbors. Lives right across, right across from us. Lives over in Maybrook. Maybrook? Maybrook. Been there over 20 years. Name is David. David Ryan. He has supplied for this church a number of baby blankets that we give out at our baby dedications. All right? They're, they're, they're beautiful. In addition to that, he has, over the years, he has made prayer shawls for people who suffer with cancer. He's made prayer shawls for people that suffer with, for PTSD, with PTSD. He's made red baby hats for babies who are in the hospital around Valentine's Day. He goes to the kitchen and he cooks for people over there. He, he, <clears throat> excuse me, he makes dough for the people, for the kitchen, so they can make pizza and apple dumplings for the residents. He's been there over 20 years. It is said he is one of the most positive people around, always building up, always making the best of a situation, and he is said to be a joy to be around and is funny and always looking past himself. When asked how he could stay so positive, he says, it's a choice. God has, and this is what he says, God has given him life each day, and he is thankful. God has given him life each day, and he is thankful. Some days, he even stays in bed, and when asked why he's staying in bed, he says, because today is a short-staffed day, and he doesn't want to ask anyone to lift him out of his bed when they're short-staffed. My goodness. I'd be like, hey, I need out of my bed. That would be me. In his life, he has been able to find a source of contentment, choosing to be content, thankful for each day that God has given him, serving others in his, what he has, I would say would be a lack of content sometimes, what he doesn't have. But in what he does have, he has found a way to serve others, looking past himself. You know, I get ready to close. I think of him and I think, man, and I've been whining because I can't go golfing. <laughs> and you know, it doesn't help whenever I, my mind says, and it doesn't make any sense when the golf course isn't open. <laughs> and I still don't think it does. But anyhow, I'm going to be content. I want to say this to you. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. But I want you to catch one thing that he said that I saved to the end. He said, let your gentle spirit be known to men. And then he said this, very key words. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. I, I want to say to you this morning, the Lord is near. No matter what's going on, no matter where you find yourself, no matter the situation right now, no matter the unrest, no matter the uncertainty, no, no matter what it is in your life that's going unmet. Needs could be, could be needs. And it could be just wants. It could be desires. I want to say to you, the Lord is near. And if the Lord is near, this is what I want to say to you this morning. Some of you are just at a place where you're just saying, I just want to have peace now. I just want to have contentment now. I'm just, I'm done kicking, I'm done striving, I'm done fighting. I just want to be content. Not that I even agree with it. The Lord is near. And if he is near, his contents are near. His grace, his power, his peace. 
His grace that'll see you through. His power that'll empower you and enable you. His peace that'll guard your heart and your mind. Allow His contents to become your contents and I promise you, you'll find contentment. And you'll be content. So Father, help us, help us find a state of contentment in this era. That our, that ability to be content would allow a gentle spirit to be shown to men. Your gentle spirit. Paul said he did all this for your sake. And may we for your sake find contentment. May we for your sake endure. May we for your sake, for your cause, overcome in this era. I say to you today, would your contents become my contents so that I can be content? In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord is near. I promise you, if you'll go to him, I promise you, his contents will bring you to a place of being content. God bless you. See all you at 11.